Here we go. You're tuning in to Will Love Listen. Now listen. Hey, my loves. Thank you for tuning in to Will Love Listen. Today, I'll be speaking with singer-songwriter Brandi Clark, and no subject is off limits. From being an openly gay artist in music's most conservative field, country music, to writing songs for the biggest A-list names in the game while earning a ton of Grammy nominations. So I have to say congratulations on the new record because everyone's, you know, loving it. Ah, thank you. That's always nice to hear. So I want to, I want to, you know, start off hot. I wanted to know, first off, when did you come out and how is it navigating being an out performer in what is considered the most conservative genre of the music industry, country music? Oh, great question. Well, I came out, I mean, I was in my 20s. I mean, I was out before I ever had the opportunity to make a record. In fact, I, I thought it would be the thing that would keep me from making any sort of a major record you know I shouldn't say major but um, you know doing anything other than making my own record like paying for them myself if that makes sense um, yeah so but I'm, I'm really happy that things went the way they did because I wouldn't want to have to hide who I am and so by the time I think had I had I gotten a record deal before I was out of the closet I probably would have been like okay whatever I need to do to um, to to do this and so by the time I had the opportunity to make a record that wasn't the choice because I was already out and really happy in my life and um you know long-term relationship at that point and so it was never a big deal um to anyone but me you know once I once I came to grips with it myself I should say so was it more of a challenge sort of navigating coming out in your personal life or navigating it within the music industry um I would say my personal life, and I didn't, and you know, I was somebody that had, you know, had a lot of worries about it and, and wasn't met with um, anybody being anything but absolutely loving towards me. Um, I have a great family, so I, I knew that part. That's good would be, to hear. I, I, you know, I knew my mom would be, you know, love me no matter what. Um, in the music industry, you know, I, I'll tell you, when you start having success, it's quits mattering if that makes any sense yeah no i could imagine you know when, once you do well for the record company it's really sort of a non-issue you know all around mm-hmm. yeah and i'm signed to an la label and so to them it's just like whatever you know there's <laughs> <laughs> been a conversation we've had well that's good to hear um i was very eager to you know i really i definitely wanted to um hear what you have to say about that because people sort of have like i think sometimes people have a preconceived notion when it comes to the country music world um so i think that was definitely important to ask I did not realize initially how extensive your resume was. You've written songs, uh, you've written like some of country music's biggest hits, and you've recorded with everyone from Casey Musgraves, of Reba McIntyre, Miranda Lambert, Cheryl Crow, and Leanne Rimes, who I actually interviewed last year. So props for that. Thank you. Which collaboration is most dear to you thus far? Wow, I mean, they all have been. You know, I've been really proud of, um, I can honestly say, you know, I don't have anything out there that I have proud of. I know I sound like Susie Sunshine, on this interview <laughs> um, but I don't really I, I'm one of the lucky ones um, as far as songs recorded by other artists I've been really really pleased with everything you know let's say that like you're talking about Casey Follow Your Arrow that was pretty big I didn't realize what um, what an impact that song was going to have and still has so that was amazing to be a part of that it was probably like a nice surprise in a way oh 
huge, huge surprise. Because last year, Casey really blew up. It was like almost like an overnight success in a way, because how much she transitioned over mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yes, she sure did. So to have been a part of that was pretty cool. That's nice. Well, instead of saying most, which collaboration is most dear, because it's kind of tough, because it sounds like you're on good terms with you know everyone you've ever worked with. Um, like what what are you most proud of in your career thus far? Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'm really proud that I that I decided to take the fork in the road and, and pursue an artist career when I did because I was um, you know it's a whole different it's a whole different thing than just writing songs and it, it had always been a dream of mine and it came along later for me as it you know as I was passed when I thought that that was even an option and then when it did I took it on all the way and still do and I think you know I'm nominated for best new artist at the Grammys Yes. Um, after my, I guess it was 2015 or 2015, maybe. Yeah, I think it was 2015. Um, and so, you know, just, I think sticking it in there, sticking, sticking it, sticking it in there, sticking <laughs> with it as, as an artist, when it would have been really easy for me to just say, nah, you know, that dream has passed me and I'm, I'm going to write songs, which was also a dream and which I love, um, but I wouldn't have chased the other part of this dream. I see. You know, that's really good because, you know, it, it shows that you really have perseverance. Oh, I do have that. Um, I don't have everything, but I do have that. <laughs> well, since you mentioned Grammys, um, props, because you've been nominated for six Grammys in your career thus far. And mm-hmm. this new record, it, everyone's loving it. I, I, I like, you know, I enjoyed it myself, but sometimes what I enjoy isn't necessarily what the critics enjoy, but it seems like fan and critics alike are loving this record. So I wanted to ask, do you think 2021 will be your lucky year, Grammy-wise? I hope. You never know. You know, I mean, you never, ever know with that. You don't know. You, you, you know, you hope that you'll get nominated and say, I hope, I hope that they'll, I hope that the Grammys will feel about this record the way that they have about my other two and um, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have my fingers crossed because I think it's definitely, it's definitely worthy of well, not, thank you. not just another nomination, but definitely a win, too. Yeah, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> thank you. Well, knock on wood, I have wood right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in March, speaking of the new record, in March, you released your third studio album, Your Life is a Record, and it, it's received stellar reviews in everywhere from Rolling Stone and Entertainment Weekly and the Wall Street Journal. The New Yorker even, uh, you know, described you as the best songwriter in country music currently. So, mm-hmm. so I wanted to know what was your inspiration behind this new record? Well, you know, I didn't even realize what it was till it was almost done. But I <laughs> had gone through a, a major breakup in my life, in my personal life, and um, and and also I think it was a, so. This is the breakup record. Um, but not just personally, but also professionally. You know, my last album, Big Day in a Small Town, it was worked at country radio, and I had such big hopes that it would be a big hit on country radio, and it, it wasn't. Um, I mean, it cracked the top 40 as far as singles with Girl Next Door, but that was about it, and that was a heartbreak for me. You know, one of the bigger disappointments in my um, in my career, and I, my manager said, you know, I think we got to quit knocking on this door that's not opening here, meaning country radio, and walk through the doors that are. 
And so I was really encouraged to just make a record and not worry about the, the confines of anything. And much like my sexuality, nobody was as tied up about it as I was. I mean, I, I was really, like, I was feeling like I needed to make certain kinds of records. And I was happy with the records I'd made, and really happy. But I think to have the encouragement, not only from my manager, but label as well, um, and then Jay Joyce, who produced this record, to just make barking at me at the TV. I'm so sorry. Um, I think that was a pretty, like, that was a breakup as well. Like, my my breakup with where I thought my music was going to live. Um, because this album has been worked um, at Americana and AAA Radio. And so that was a different... That, that that was different for me. I didn't know that's where it was going to be worked when we were making it. Sorry that I'm that I'm rambling on. My dog got me a little bit distracted, but um, I would have probably not put strings and horns on it had I thought, oh, this is going to be a country radio record. I see. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I think the songs were a breakup of. Um, they were about a personal breakup I went through, and then they were also about a professional breakup of just like this, okay, you don't want me. I'm going to go somewhere else. I think your inspiration behind it uh, it really is something everyone could relate to, especially the year that we're in. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes tragedy, you know, is our biggest, it fuels, it fuels us the most. And, Mm -hmm. you know, being as you're a songwriter, in addition to being a singer, do you feel like, um, how do I word this? Do you feel like the negative moments in life and heartbreak um, allow you to write better songs than maybe, you know, do you think like the, you know, when things are down, does it allow you the opportunity to write better music than when things are up? Yes. I, I wish it were different. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I mean, anytime I go through anything really major, you know, when I, I lost my dad when I was 25, and oh, I sorry. remember there being a massive creative spurt after that. And I lost my grandma, um, who was who was incredibly close to me. And I remember I went home and, and helped take care of her the last couple months of her life. And, and when I came back, I was just, the creativity was really flowing and I think I think I I would guess that probably 90% of all writers are that way I don't know why that is it's just there's it's I don't know if it's therapy I'm not sure but when there's been tragedy see good things should come out of this year I know right exactly it seems it seems that way and I definitely wanted to get your perspective on that because I recently interviewed the front man of Neon Trees and they have a new record out and I had asked him um, and he's also out he came out a few years ago um, and I had asked him the same question do you feel like tragedy and heartbreak permit you to write better music than you know when things are going well for you and he he basically said yes and it seems like you're saying the same thing it seems like it's a common theme that unfortunately negative situations permit better creativity but you know it's a, it's a catch-22 in a way yeah and i mean listen i think that i don't need to tell you to listen i'm so sorry to listen <laughs> um i used to have a bus driver that would say that now listen <laughs> you're already listening so sorry i said that no it's fine it's I, fine it's all good i write songs well when i'm well not i shouldn't say well i write songs when i'm happy too but i oftentimes have to to draw back on 
sadder times. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it, it I feel like, you know, it also, you know, when, when you're going through like sadness, you're also processing a lot. It's, it, I feel like in, maybe it's introspective periods permit more creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I, people also have a lot of times big spurts of creativity, like when they get in a new relationship or, you know, a new job or something. There's something about those lower times that you can draw on. I mean, even, you know, I think I, I draw all the way back to childhood. Yeah, I'm writing. Uh, that, well, that's that's really interesting. So, uh, yeah, what's your zodiac sign? It seems like you're really sensitive. Libra. Oh, okay. My father's a Libra. Libras are they're very they're known, I guess, because of the scales. They're known for being very. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes people say they're indecisive, but they're known for mulling over a lot. So that would make sense. You seem like um, now I sound like an astrologer, but <laughs> no, but um, well, yeah, and and I uh, my first publisher told me that my gift as a songwriter was really neither lyric nor melody it was empathy and I think that's true I'm pretty empathetic I feel things pretty deeply not only for myself but for others um and I think that is where my songwriting and storytelling comes from now how has COVID-19 affected you uh professionally and even personally because I know the music industry is obviously going through a bit of an adjustment right now uh, professionally, you know, I put my record out and boom, it hit. I was actually, I think I was the, I was the last person I think that got to play the Today Show in studio. Um, so, so I had myself and my team had to pivot really quickly into how do we promote this record with the tools we have, which really is online and radio and so and you know print but when I say online and radio I mean anything that would have been live yeah you know and so um so that's what we did and um I started doing a lot of live streams and I started a weekly series called you can't come over but you can come in where I would have um guest artists guest songwriters come in and we would talk about music and their journey and play songs and I'm still doing that um and I saw I saw that not to interrupt you but I saw you had like Reba you've been getting some good mm-hmm. guests on that oh yeah I've had great guests Reba Martina McBride I have Pam Tillis coming up Bobby Bones was on this week um and then um I was supposed to start a tour at the end of March which was moved to the fall and has now been moved to 2021 so that you know, affected me professionally. Um, I also had a musical that was supposed to open in DC that Aww. of course got blown out of the water. Um, and, and then, um, and I've, so I've had to learn uh, some things that I am not great at, like social media. I've had to become a little better at that. And, and so that's a positive. And then, you know, personally, um, I like everybody have my good and my bad days in it. You know, there are times where, it um, really uh, gets me down. And then there are times where I think this is great. You know, I'm getting to, I'm having to slow down and really look at things in a different way um, and appreciate certain things that I have taken for granted. I mean, going to Target, you know, that's one of my favorite things to do. If I'm feeling down, I'll go to Target and walk <laughs> around. It's a little bit harder to do that right now. Yeah, no, it's so true. That's, that's uh, believe me, it's like this is made me appreciate a lot of things that I at one point or another looked as a nuisance. Uh-huh. Oh, right before this started, I had I had started out the year on tour. I was over in Europe, and then I was out with Tanya Tucker. Um, and the travel on both of those 
tours was difficult just because of just because it was there was it was nobody's fault and I remember telling my manager oh I feel like I'm behind the eight ball already and you know like to go back to that girl and kind of slap her and say you're lucky to be behind the eight ball (laughs) because there's a really amazing I love to tour and um I think I've definitely taken that for granted a little bit and I won't when I'm able to do it again. I can't wait for your new shows. Um, and I, I know you're coming in 2021, you're coming to Philadelphia and you're coming to New York City. Mm-hmm. So I definitely will be at one of them because I cover, one of the things I do and I miss personally is I cover concerts a lot. Like I'm always interviewing an artist that's touring and, uh, you know, covering their shows and going to see them. And I love live events. I love concerts. So I'm definitely with you there. But I'll be at the upcoming show for sure. Oh, good. Let me know and I'll make sure you have backstage access and we can sit down and chat. Um, it's going to oh, be a be great lovely. show, too. Because of the addition of Strings and Horns, I've really taken, um, you know, I've, I've chosen different band um, configuration because of it. I hired a piano player that also plays trumpet. I have a cellist. And so that's really exciting. We, we actually taped something yesterday and um, I was, it was, it was bittersweet because it was so fun. But you know, there's also that part of you that's like, well, we should be doing this three or four nights a week. Yeah, of course. But at least you know what I mean. See, that's a a plus. Now you have like more time to sort of work it out before you hit the road again. That's very true. So um, I, I know we're, we went a little bit over the 20 minute mark, but thank you for that's speaking okay. with me today. I, I mean, you had to listen to my dog bark. I had a yawning fit. Um, <laughs> So no, no worries at all. What dog do you have? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like a big dog lover. I've got two. I have Betty Davis, who is a Maltese. She was the one that was barking. And then I have Ava Gardner, who's a poodle. Aww. Um, and they're just my favorite. They're, they're my favorite part of every day. Aww. I, I have a Yorkie right now. I was actually thinking about getting the poodle. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you will never regret a poodle. And I feel like Ava came into my life, um, like divinely because I had a multi-poo for 16 years and I just loved her. And I was gonna get another multi-poo and then I fell in love with Betty, the Maltese. And Betty is a dog that needs another dog. And so um, she's two. And so when little after she turned one, I started looking for a multi-poo and I found this little black multi-poo and black multi-poos I don't see as much. And so I, I wanted her and so it was Ava, but they had lied to me. She wasn't a multi-poo. She was a poodle. Oh, wow. uh, and I never would have gotten a poodle. Like, I had this this misconception of what a poodle is like. And she's really the best dog I've ever had. Oh, that's good to hear. See, see, I'm, oh. I'm glad to hear that because I, my Yorkie is going to, it's turning three next month. And I was thinking about getting another dog, getting a poodle specifically. But I wasn't sure how they interacted with other dogs. So. Oh, she's, because I always, you know, when I got my multi-poo, and this was, you know, 20 years ago now, the vet said to me the first time I took her in, this will be the perfect dog because the Maltese will breed out any um, any characteristics of, of a poodle that are obnoxious. Well, so I took that and thought that that, that it was the, that the Maltese was really the easier breed until yeah. I got Betty, who I love, but she's not easy. And... <laughs> And then I get Ava, and it's like, oh, Ava's the perfect dog. Like, this is the part of the multi-poo <laughs> that really does the trick. They're super smart, and they really want to make you happy. 
like Maltese's are kind of like a cat. My grandma would always say, you never own a cat, it owns you. <laughs> and that's how Betty is. She reminds me of a cat, and I love her to pieces. I couldn't do two of her. So thank God for Ava. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, it's yeah. sort of, now I kind of want to get a poodle even more. <laughs> oh, yeah, you won't be disappointed. And, and Ava, I don't know if she's a toy or a miniature, but she's 10 pounds. She's the, just the perfect size. That's lovely. It's nice to hear you're like a dog lover, too. Yeah, what's your dog's name? Uh, Darla. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, get a, get a poodle. I, I would. There's one thing you take from this. I'm going to take from it that, that I'm going to get on that Grammy ballot because she feels so strongly. And you take from it to get a poodle. All right, I will. I will for sure. And um, yeah, I hope 2021 is like your year to like win it because you've been nominated so many times. It only makes sense. Plus, I didn't even re- I never read a bad review about the album at all. I mean, I like it, um, but like we all know how critics are, especially you. Oh, yeah. And like they've, they've been good to me. I've been really fortunate with critics. <laughs> That's good, though, because some of them could be brutal. And like you like in everywhere from like, you know, New Yorker to Pitchfork and Pitchfork is really critical to like rolling. <laughs> Stone, Billboard, everyone's praising it. So congratulations. Let's just hope that keeps going. So I know, right? <laughs> Thanks for taking the time today. Oh, you're welcome. And um, I'll definitely, once you start touring, I'll definitely um, bug Kat about, you know, getting me backstage and maybe we could do another interview. I'd love it. Make sure to pick up the latest issue of Out in Jersey Magazine to read Will Love's monthly music memo. Find out the hottest albums available on shelves and streaming platforms now. Well, that was a great conversation. And I must start off a recap by saying between the time I interviewed Brandi Clark to this recap, she earned two more Grammy nominations. So she went from having, at the time, six Grammy nominations to now she's an eight-time Grammy nominee. Uh, Earlier this year, she was nominated for Best Country Solo Performance for Who You Thought I Was and Best Country Album for her latest, Your Life is a Record. So props to that, Brandy. Cheers. <laughs> I love how she's like, I will give you, I'll give you uh, tickets backstage. And you're like, you're like, oh, lovely. <laughs> that would be lovely. <laughs> like, so cavalier. Oh, God. I hope that didn't sound, I hope it didn't sound like an ass. I mean, what else would you have done? I would have been like, yes, oh my God. So unprofessional. No, you were being Well, no, the thing is, well, I'm used, I'm used to that treatment. I'm used to covering shows and then meeting still artists. And well, now I really sound like an ass. <laughs> but no, no, I like, I, of course I appreciated it. You know, the first thing in my head I'm thinking when like she says something like that is like, it almost goes back to work. It's like, okay, are we coordinating that with another interview? Um, what am I going to wear? Like, so you're just like work mode. I think meanwhile, like, I'm like yeah. fan girl. Like, but then when I'm in the moment there, I'm super excited and like really involved. Yeah. So I don't oh, no, want, I, I hope that didn't sound like I wasn't enthusiastic enough. Cause trust me, I was. And the minute she comes to town, we all know I'm taking her up on that offer. That would be lovely. So thank you, Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I go too? <laughs> oh, no. yeah, yeah, duh. That would be that would make sense. I mean, we're both working on the show. Take me everywhere. <laughs> I know. I think she was. Such well, a I great trust interview. you because clearly taking a certain former friends in the past, like that cancer, didn't exactly work out. They weren't exactly that appreciated. You know, stab in back that I got. So I trust you. You'll be my new date unless I actually have a date by then. <laughs> well, 
Well, listen, if there's an actual date, please take them. Go get you some. <laughs> Sorry. We've been drinking a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can re- tell. I yeah. came, sort of came in hot because I'm sort of toasted. I actually, well, I didn't eat anything today other than taking my vitamins. and I. Oh, and then you had a protein almond. Yes, and I had a protein almond, which One. counted as my breakfast slash lunch. So, you know, now I'm on my second glass of Riesling and I'm probably feeling it more than I should. Well, it wouldn't be an episode of Will Love Listen if you didn't have your Riesling. Yeah. And or some um, sort of bottle pop. We got to find you some balance. We'll get like crackers for the next one or something. Something for I you was to gonna munch say, on. Well, first, when you said find me some balance, I was thinking like, you know, a normal person for me to actually date. And then once you said food, I was like crackers, pizza. <laughs> We're on two different spectrums right now. Yeah. I'm like find balance. You're like, yes, a person who can balance me out normally. And I'm like food. And then I'm like crackers. And you're like, girl, where are you going with this? It's pizza. What's wrong with you? But that goes to show where my brain is at because I'm not like, I, I'm not indulging in pizza right now, right? Yeah, true. Like, you're got actually being really good. I am. I'm behaving. It's yeah. okay. But um, the Riesling's good. Yes, it is. So yeah, we'll get some like pizza for the next episode or something. It'll be great. I was looking at pictures from when we first started this podcast, which started well before it started airing, us working on it, um, like production and planning and stuff, to now. And it's amazing how much weight you lost oh my gosh so props so. to that <laughs> and it's still you. going so kudos thank you so much yeah i feel good i mean that's what it comes down to just feeling like yourself again i mean 2020 probably took so much away from us and we've lost just so many things in the process of recovering and like rebuilding i feel like the world is like waking up again little by little and so i'm happy that i am also experiencing my own personal awakening yeah i I love that i enjoy it but um brandy right so tell me yeah like what what were your favorite parts from from this interview getting to know her she has a dog and you guys were able to kind of connect over that right well of course my favorite part is the fact that we're going to get together with her when she comes to town and backstage access (laughs) but you know beyond that um, I love creative people and I always loved artists that actually write their own lyrics instead of singing shit that's handed to them so you know that's why her music comes with very authentic and I think it was a great part of the conversation when we were speaking about that sometimes our most creative periods stem from heartbreak it's you know they often arise when we either are or just getting over some sort of depression heartbreak betrayal or what have you and like i told her i'm like you know i asked tyler glenn of neon trees this so i want to get your take on it and she basically agreed so i think we all do that sometimes the our most creative spurts come after a horrible time in our life yeah i also like that she says she draws a lot from her childhood too i relate to that i'm like sitting on a couple of children's books ideas oh you should pursue it (laughs) yeah so and and i think that's a great chance for me to like tap into my inner child and like growing up because i have a lot of great memories being a kid like growing up with just brothers and yeah yeah, and being surrounded by like family and tradition so i now that i'm an, an adult i want to share that uh, in some type of form so I think children's I feel like growing up like that is healthy because it provides stability yeah I mean there's always there's some craziness too that comes from it (laughs) yeah no I'm sure but it's just like that's why I wanted the next person I'm with they have to you know be close I want them to be close to their family I just want them to be normal so they have to be close to their family they've had to have grown up with some sort of 
togetherness. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's great when people actually have a good relationship with their family. I do today. You know, it was a little bit. We put it has a lot growing up. Um, and then when my family got divorced, like I, I hated that period. But I mean, my relationship with my family, knock on wood, is really the best it's been today. So yeah. I think it's great that you grew up like that because I feel like it builds character in a good way. It does. And growing up with boys, it, it builds a different type of character. And you're like the only girl. I'm How the is only that? Girl. Are you spoiled or like not? It was a little of both. Um, someone the other day told me I, I may have been coddled, so like protected, sheltered. And I think, yeah, I was. I I was very much protected by my brothers. They still protect me to this day. They look out for me. But also it kind of, well, because I have um, two above me and two below me, right? Like yeah. age, age oh, wise. So you really, you're not only the only girl, you're the middle child. Yeah, I'm the middle child. So wow. I have the older brothers who kind of helped me through certain stages of life. And then the younger ones, I developed like these weird maternal instincts really early on. Like the youngest is 11 years yeah. apart from me. So so I took care of him. I watched him. I changed his pamper. So I learned like all these weird mommy instincts at a pretty young age. That's too. so interesting. So I still have it that really like is. for them. Like I feel it like the one who's like directly after me. We're three years apart. So we grew up pretty close experiencing the same trends and into the same hobbies. That's nice. So yeah, it was it was great. I love I love shout out to my bros. <laughs> <love> my brothers. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's really good to come from that type of background um i think that now as an adult i do find creativity in just my past life but I'm, i want to work a little harder too to just be inspired by like things that are around me even present day so i'm, I'm excited to explore that a little more and see where that takes me it's so funny speaking about your family and you mentioned your younger sibling maternal instincts because mm-hmm. i feel like that way i've always felt a little bit like that with my younger brother even though we used to fight and we do fight sometimes um but like when like he was taking on his own car payments, like I, I paid for his car insurance. Wow. Um, and, 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 you know, when you first get your insurance plan, you need to give all this money up front. And then like your first month or maybe a couple months payments, like I pay that for him um, when he didn't want to go back to the restaurant that he worked at because. Uh, it was during the height of the pandemic and they didn't have the best protocols and whatnot. Right. Um, I helped him get through a recruiter that I know, like a, a, a decent uh, contract job uh, that he could do remotely. And they wow. sit on the computer and all this stuff. So I feel like I have like maternal instincts yeah. like that. Well, or like, <laughs> it's just like, it's a big brother, big sibling instincts. Yeah, it's just Will tapped into his I, maternal No, I feel like I have, like when you're the older sibling <laughs> of like a younger sibling, like you do have those parental, it's at, parental. At maternal. I do feel like when you're the older sibling of a younger sibling, that you have those parental instincts, you know, and yeah, like I'm like that. In. Yeah, And it's all also that uh like uh if someone's picking on our sibling it's like no 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 i'm the only one who can pick up yeah my sibling. i'm the only one who could be a douche <laughs> to, to my sibling to my brother um 
and I, I yeah so having family around it's been it's been great and then you have your friends who are like family yeah so those are hard to find because especially with people today well my experiences that you know about um you know you want to find someone that's like in it with you for the right reasons um but yeah no i do have some friends that i'm very close to a couple of them that we've spent like holidays together or like the day after we'll do like our own thing you know what i mean people that i've we celebrated at one point another christmas together thanksgiving together new years and it's nice to have friends like that because i feel like when you do have friends especially when you get acquainted with their family or they get acquainted to your family and like you celebrate milestones together it's it's builds trust and loyalty and then in addition to friends there's always pets Oh yeah, they're like they're like little children that you just but but they're not like annoying. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, true. I, I like kids, but there's something just about a dog's unconditional love. There is, yeah, especially from when I was going through that rough time last year. I'm like, the only person I can trust is my fucking Yorkie. <laughs> she's so good. She is good, annoying and loud, but she's good. You you guys talked about your dogs, right, during the interview? We did, yeah. When Brandy's dog started uh, barking up, we got into a whole you know pet conversation and she's very into animals and i'm very into animals too um and yeah so we have that in common yeah i think that's cool to connect over things like that it is yeah and i do feel like animals are like children in a way i feel like they almost prepare you to chill for children or they can it's like baby steps um because it's like you know if you're juggling like a career or multiple careers and you also need to take care of a pet you know it's like an obligation in a way so you get used to that eventually you'll be prepared for a baby or maybe i'm getting too far ahead of myself we'll love love tips (laughs) we'll love life hacks and get a pet and then get a child get a pet to prepare you for parenthood yeah get a sibling to prepare you for parenthood (laughs) that's more like it that yeah yeah can we cheers to that get an expense to prepare you for a bigger expense Make sure to download or stream Brandy Clark's new album, Your Life is a Record, on Spotify. 